It's the Hats Off Gloves Off podcast with Mitchell Phillips and Spencer Callender. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, hey. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Hi, everybody. It's me, Mitchell Phillips. Welcome to the Hats Off, Gloves Off podcast. With me, as always, Spencer Calendar. Hey. What's up, buddy? Um, what's the show it, about? It's about um, life, love, uh, the pursuit of happiness. Um, not... The idea of pursuit of happiness, and specifically that Will Smith movie, <laughs> the pursuit of <laughs> happiness. Um, uh, it's about me trying to become a software guy or something in San Francisco in the '70s with my young black child. Um, this is hats off, gloves off. Hats off to those who deserve it. Gloves off to those who deserve it. Pointing the finger at the good and the bad. Finger pointing and finger blasting. It's like we we like to say, pats on the back, pats on the fanny. You can be a good guy doing bad. Uh, or a good girl gone bad, like Rihanna would say, or you could be a bad guy doing good. It's all about uh, what kind of net impact you're giving on society. So yeah. you can you technically... just be a bad guy being a bad guy. You know, it could be pretty. Oh yeah, yeah. It could be. It could be cut and dry. You could be like a ponytail blazer guy from the '90s, just doing karate against Arnold Schwarzenegger, or um, you could be like a guy that steals candy from a baby, but to like stop a forest fire. You know what I mean? So, so technically, he's a bad guy, <laughs> but he stopped a forest fire. I mean, grow up. Um, that was a weird example. Yeah, I'm not great at riffing. <laughs> I've done comedy twice. Stole in the last candy time. to stop a forest fire. That, yeah, wow. he a bunch of pixie sticks, and he he got in his helicopter and dumped them on the fire. Okay, that's that's all that that's that red stuff, right? That they dump on forest fires. It's pixie sticks. Yeah. The big pixie six. Oh, remember those ones? They have the classic, but then you could buy like the four foot long one. It's so funny, like the candy you see that we grew up on, and they're like, "Oh yeah, they made that illegal in two thousand and three. Well, that happened with. Uh, do you remember Raven's Revenge? Yeah, yeah. That was the <laughs> biggest candy trend I ever saw in my life. It got banned from our school because it was like powder like we could use it like cocaine but it really was like cocaine for kids like that shit was i like how you said that like you're like oh it's like powder they banned it but then cut to me in eighth grade science me and my friend like snorting hot cheetos it's like, yeah. this, this didn't even come in powder form yeah and then i remember they banned it and we used to make our own where we would just get kool-aid powder and then we'd mash up um we'd mash up like rock candy anyway mm-hmm. Ring's revenge was a shit i want them to bring it back yeah some of that shit is like like Lucas was like actually dangerous, and then Lucas you had, was like, the trick candy. Like if the ice cream man came, I would like convince my friend it was amazing, so he'd buy it, and it would just be like chili powder gel. <laughs> or uh, well, some of them though are also like are just outlawed because, like you said, it was like they just had like the the big stick, which was just like a, like a three foot long pixie stick. <laughs> it was like an inch around. It was literally just like. A pound and a half of sugar, but they put like blue dye in it, so it was fine to eat. Yeah, I remember I hit it. I used to, I had one and I hit it in my room and I ended up spilling it. Like I, I hit it under my bunk bed on the top bunk and it just spilled and stained all my sheets. <laughs> oh my but God. I've always wanted to be an ice cream man, like ever since I was a little kid. And I feel like 
if I ever have enough money to retire that I would just become an ice cream man in my old age. That's a great fucking uh, retirement plan. Because uh, what it usually seems me- kind of chill. You just go to like fucking Smart and Final and stock up and then sell that shit for what's what's a bomb pop run nowadays? Three you know, bucks, two bucks. But uh, yeah, and then there's like because I remember all the all the ice cream men were uh, Mexican dudes. But I remember one time it was this like cute old man and he had all these like photos of his grandkids on the truck and then he had like a uh, longhorn antlers long longhorns on the front i don't know it was pretty yeah. fucking sick oh did you, you know it was another trick candy it was warheads love them your friends like i'm getting one you should get one too it's like first of all i only have a dollar and i'm not going to get a fucking thing that i don't like that the, the the whole point of it is that you don't like it well the ice cream man in my friend Dylan's neighborhood in long beach was such a fucking scam he was like he wouldn't talk to us and so if we went up to buy ice cream he literally had a button that he pressed and it went hello in a robot voice but oh, yeah, he would never too. he would never give kids change so let's say i like gave him a dollar and my bomb and my pop school's 50 cents he would just give you like a handful of shitty bubble gum as change double bubble that hard yellow shit double bubble's oh. delicious it's not yellow which one's the which one's with yellow with the blue ends that's bubble double delicious. bubble. Yeah, that's double that, bubble. I thought you meant the gum itself was yellow. The, I love it's double pink bubble. and it's hard as fuck. It's delicious. They still they still chew it at baseball games. There's always a giant bucket of it. No, I'm a, I'm a big league chew guy myself. Oh yeah, big league um, chew number one, green apple. All right, so let's get this. I have three good ones. This is going to be a good app, dude. Um, I'm going to start off with the weakest story so far. Um, and the that's going to have to be I'm going to have to take you to the the dusty shores of Turkmenistan. So I've got a news update from Turkmenistan. Get ready. It is now time for Turkmenistan news update. What the fuck's up? All right. So fresh out of uh, the land of Gerbangs. The Marble City, the Bronco, the Blanco Bronco has done it again. Who is one of our many heroes? One of our many, many heroes. He um, might be in the top five. I'd hope so. I mean, and I hope we're in his top five. God. Uh, maybe he might gift us a, a puppy. So this guy, Gerbengli, he's famous for giving away puppies. So he go hangs out, he hangs out with Putin, he'll fucking hand him a puppy. And it's so hilarious because he's still like central asian so they don't give a fuck like he's just holding a puppy it's like a six-month-old puppy and you just hold it by the scruff of its neck it's like yelping and he's just like posing for photos with it and like handing it to world leaders also what a horrible gift like oh cool now i either get to i'll just kill this dog or i have to take care of it for 14 years yeah what happens like because it's one thing if, like you give your friend like a like a gadget and you go over to his house and he's not using it but you like give him a dog you're like hey where's that that live thing i gave you <laughs> Yeah, that's a dickhead gift. Um, so, uh, still no coronavirus in Turkmenistan. Boo, beautiful. Take uh, a page from his book, Garcetti and Newsom. Come on. Yeah, you, you scumbags. Take, take a book out of Turkmenistan's, uh, take a page out of Turkmenistan's book, Cuomo, you piece of shit. <laughs> um, so he's, uh, he's actually flush with money. So they've solved coronavirus, and he had a little money extra, so he decided to build a statue of this dog. 
I forget what the kind breed. of dog. Um, it's called the Akbon, or what is it? Uh, Alabe. The Alabe. It's a Central right, Asian man. shepherd dog. So I imagine it's like, kind of like a collie with better fur. Like more of a sheep dog. Um, oh, there we go. There's a photo of it. Here's a photo of what he did with his extra money. He built a 14-foot-tall statue of said dog. Oh, that's a really nice statue. I mean, I don't... Of course it is. It, he built it. I wouldn't expect anything else, but that's a that's classy, dude. It's okay, gold, but not too gold. No, I think it's it's real gold. <laughs> oh, so it is too gold. It is gold. No, but look, see, the dog itself is 14 feet tall without the pedestal. Like, look at it in size relation to the cars. Holy shit. That looks like something that would be in Las Vegas. I know. They said, um, they're like, and it uh, it adorns this beautiful corridor between uh, a residential areas. And I'm like, this looks like a fucking, like, a Soviet block, like, factory town. But everything's marble. Like, arch- you know what I mean? Like, they did the wrong architecture for the materials they were using. Everything's like a gaudy white marble and, like, gold accents. But it still looks like like 70s Russian buildings. Um, oh, the, oh, there's Putin with his gift. <laughs> his gift puppy. <laughs> Putin threw that dog in a and drowned it in a hot tub right away. Look, he's probably... It's Turkmenistan. They share a fucking border with Russia. This, Putin's probably got seven of these dogs running around. He's like, every year for Christmas, fucking Gerbangli gives me the same fucking present. And I swear to God, if it's another puppy, I'm going to fucking lose it. Um, so that's it. That's it. That, I just wanted to get that one out of the way. Just a quick news update. Shout out right. to Turkmenistan. They're doing so well with coronavirus that that's like us basically like um, in like Washington, D.C., just building like a 20 foot tall solid gold like bald eagle. It's like their national animal. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I got a I got a hats off. We're going to keep it positive. Hey, all right. Let's see it. Hats off to you, sir. What you got? This is going to be a synopsis of a tv episode it's one of the most <laughs> beloved shows of all time um i actually contacted you about it but i decided um everyone law and order s for you is on amazon prime for free i decided <laughs> to watch episode one of season one and normally in a show the beginning episodes are a lot are very simple they're not very good you know like you watch simpsons season one it's not very good seinfeld yeah. season one is not very good but the first order of law, the first episode of Law and Order SVU, is probably the craziest TV episode I've ever <laughs> watched in my life. It's as if they took like forty-five episode plot lines and shoved them into one. So I'm just going to break down this episode. Probably take me about forty seconds to go through it. All right, Law and Order SVU episode one. Opening scene: John Doe in a taxi. He's dead. Oh no. And they go, they go up, and they're like, hey, this is a dead taxi driver. This isn't a sex crime. We specialize in sex crimes. What the fuck? And then the sassy beat cop goes, well, he got his unit cut off. So it's a dead guy with no dick. Opening scene right off the bat. <laughs> Next scene is, is, wait, we're sex crime police. What's going on here? And the beat cop's like, well, you haven't checked out his asshole yet because they, they gave this guy a good one. So the next scene also involves dicks. It's Christopher Maloney in court testifying against a guy who uh, is a flasher. 
and he's denying, he's a very rich guy, he's denying that he flashes. But then Elliot on the stand starts talking about how, how he does like to flash, and the guy who's on trial gets so flustered that he takes his pants off and starts swinging his dick around the courtroom. That's scene two. So a guy has a dick cut off, a guy shows his dick in a courtroom. Okay, so then they go to investigate this taxi driver, and they think it's one guy. But then they peel back his badge and realize that he has a fake identity. So they go follow the guy. So then they go to Rikers and find the real guy. And he's in prison for like 20 years. And they ask him, uh, would anyone like to cut your dick off? And he said, get in line. So apparently a lot of, want to pe- a lot of people want to cut his dick off. Hey, so I can try then- Wait, one second. Can you hear that? No. Yeah, there you go. There you go. The face he gives when he goes, take a number. Like, chill out, dude. I think it's like this weird gay gay sex scene, but it turns out that the real taxi driver who got his dick cut off is a Serbian warlord (laughs) who has raped over 47 women. So then we bring Serbian warlords into the mix, and this becomes too much. This becomes too much for Olivia because they make it clear that she has been sexually abused. So she can't even be around these disgusting warlords. So she flips out. And then it turns out that there are two murderers. So in order to solve the crime, they go This is episode one, by the way. Episode one. I'm only like 10 minutes into the episode. (laughs) Then, so then to find out about this guy's sex crimes... They dive into the New York gay swinger crowd looking for answers. So they're going to all these fancy art galleries to interview all these swingers. And then there's a full five minutes of someone just talking about their rape stories. Two back-to-back, super, super emotional rape stories. Then there's a knife-gun scene shootout. The murderer finally confesses to what he did or what she did. And she only it was one of those things where it's like uh, the girl didn't even want to charge her because she only killed the guy because he raped her. You know, so it was like this lady shouldn't go to prison. (laughs) Yeah. So they get so they end up putting they do the they do the compromise, which they do in a lot of cop shows where they're like, I don't feel right about putting this lady in prison. We're going to put her in a mental institution instead. (laughs) So much better. And then Elliot and Olivia's boss then takes them into the office and chews them out for blowing the case because the woman was not crazy. So it became a, an ass-chewing, and then the episode ended. And then I tried watching the second episode, nowhere near as crazy or as good. But I'm leaving stuff out, too, because I didn't want to take up the entire episode talking about it. But that was, that's a brief synopsis of the first episode. Also, I'll watch it. 502 episodes have been aired 502 of just svu just svu Uh, SVU and there's like like four law and orders dick wolf is getting paid dude yeah they're all like more or less the same episode and to bring us up to current times because this i don't know when the show went on the air in 1989 or something but in the new episodes they're acknowledging covid so they're all wearing masks in the show Everyone in the audience is super confused because every single time someone has a line, they take their mask off. So there's no social distancing or anything. They're wearing masks. And then so let's say Ice Cube has some or Ice T has something to say. He takes his mask off, talks, 
and then puts it back on. That's what every single character does. So Jesus you can imagine Christ. how that how that just fucks up the pacing and just the overall vibe of the show in general. I mean, they should have just lived in a non-COVID world. Like, why bring fucking COVID into this? Yeah, no just, one likes COVID. It's, just have a bubble. COVID is frustrating everybody in the world, whether you believe in it or not. Like, everyone's pissed off. Restaurants are dying, closing. And anyway, they should have stayed the fuck away from COVID. Does, and that's yeah, all I But I guess, I guess they can't, like, do a bubble thing because they still have to, like, go out on the street and talk to guys, like, loading docks and... Yeah, <laughs> El- yeah Elliot's like... with chickens. I'm going to bring this guy down in 14 days. I got to quarantine. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You got to wait a little bit. Uh, as soon as... I mean, I got the warrant, so as soon as... Uh, as soon as I'm, I got my two weeks of quarantine in, I'm going to go go knocking on his old door. And another thing... One thing about COVID that I just thought of, actually, is um, they're always... Pi- they're pitching the wrong thing to us. They're, the whole thing is the fear of us dying or us causing our elderly family members to die, you know? Uh-huh. And as we know, it's not that high of a death rate. Like every, it seems like every NFL player has gotten it and they're totally fine. Most of them say they don't even have symptoms, but the one thing they should be pushing to us to actually scare us. Cause what would scare me is one of the worst things about COVID is it can permanently alter your sense of smell and taste. Mm-hmm. Why aren't they saying that more? Because I'm not scared to die, but imagine if I lost my sense of taste. That's enough reason for me to want to wear a mask in public, because I don't want to lose my sense of smell and taste. Yeah, I After was talking that, about that like months ago, where it's like, chances are I get it, and, I, and I'm like most people, and I don't even know I have it. But then, uh, like worst case scenario, you what, you have the flu for a week? So, I don't know, like... That I don't know. That's a fucking great point where it's like, oh, I would actually like take it much more serious because I'm not worried about dying whatsoever. But if I no, yeah, they're pitching. But if you're like, thing. aside from like being able to like chop onions with impunity, that's just a pure downside. Yeah, I mean, I do not want to lose my. I love eating. I love smelling flowers. <laughs> so it's flowers. I like dogs and babies. So that struck, and I just thought of it like just now. That struck the fear of God into me because. We're not scared to die. I'm not that scared of spreading it to any of my family members. Um, Trump's like 82 years old, and he was good to go. Yeah, he beat it with, like, Diet Coke. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was good idiot. within, like, three days. He even said, he's like, I haven't felt this good in 30 years. But uh, <laughs> Well, because they yeah, put him on, like, fucking baby stem cells or something. They just, like, they just injected aborted fetuses into his abdomen, and he was fucking <laughs> shadow boxing in the corner of his hospital room. So I'm gonna. Do you see his picture from the hospital room? It was like a a boardroom table in it. <laughs> oh really? That's sick. <laughs> like what fucking hospital is this? It was just, no, it's at I forget what the hospital is called, but it's all like on a military base and it's specifically for the president. So it's just it's it's just like a very regal office, but with just a hospital bed in it. Yeah, it's just a mini White House with some with a sink and some fucking IVs. Um, when did Law and Order SVU start? I wanted to look at that i mean how many are there actually there they did it they even did an la one didn't they it got canceled but and they all worked there's the one with christopher maloney there's og 1999 is when it came out okay there are one two three four five six seven 
seven. There are 24 seasons. There's seven shows, though. Law and Order SVU, Law and Order, Law and Order Criminal Intent, Law and Order Organized Crime, Law and Order UK. Organized Law Order... Crime? Oh, that one sounds fucking awesome. I know. Oh, you know what? That's a good transition. Let's forget about Law and Order UK, Law and Order True Crime, Law and Order LA, or the Ronald Reagan movie from 1953, Law and Order. <laughs> uh, let's just stick with the, the Law and Order Organized Crime, and I'm going to segue into what I think might be the topic of the fucking month, dude. Oh, what um, a, dude, this is a clean segue. I like that. I, I, know, is... I know it involves a mafia, so I'm in. We all love mafia stories. This is going to have to be a hats off, I guess. Hats off to you, sir. Uh, you know what? You know what? It's a hats off to law enforcement. But it's, it's, it's a gloves off to law enforcement for trying to end an era. You know what I mean? There's, there's a good and a bad here. It's, there's nuance. This is what this show's all about. So um, it's both in support and hats off. a protest like, to police. Like, um, like I like The Sopranos and Goodfellas, but when it comes down to it, like, no, I don't like crime. You know what I mean? Like, these guys are, like, murdering people. But also... Well, I yeah, of, it's like, I don't know, it's like, this, it's like, we really like Walter White and Breaking Bad, but in exactly. real life, we, you know, he's a bad person. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but, uh, but when I mean by the end of an era, so... Th- Philadelphia police have coordinated with uh, South New Jersey officials as well as like Pennsylvania State Police and the FBI, and they just issued 15 indictments, and they are crushing the Philly mob. It's happening this week. Oh, man. Uh, And on paper, you go, okay, that's a good thing, right? These guys finally did their job. They've slowly been crushing the mafia over the last like 30, 40 years. I also think because since Philly's such a shitty city and their citizens are so <laughs> shitty, I think of Philly as like the lamest mob town. You know? Hey, yeah, I'm in the mafia. I'm all about New York, Chicago, <laughs> hey, Florida. Hey, go Eagles, eh? <laughs> I like reading about like mob history too, where it's like at one point one of the biggest families was in Buffalo, New York. You know, and you're like, what the fuck? They had mafia in Buffalo. Yeah, or you forget that like. Um... Like St. Louis was the hub, so it was yeah, New York, same. New York, and Chicago. But anything west of Chicago was ran by St. Louis. You're like, what? Yeah, I learned that when I watched Casino, and like the guys they report to live in St. Louis, and you're like, what the fuck? That doesn't yeah. make sense. Yeah, it's silliness. But um, what what really struck this home and made me, I don't know, I guess, um, um, what's the word? Glory Daisy, I guess, for it was when I started. I looked up the indictments and I found these guys' fucking names. So I'm just going to go through these guys' names one by one. Um, first one, Dominic Grande. Perfect. Grande was in quotes. I don't know if that's a nickname. Definitely a nickname, but it ends in a vowel, so it's good. Yeah, it's Italian. It ends in a vowel. Very important. This next guy, he, I forgot his, he's Joseph something, but I, I just wrote down his nickname because it's Joey Electric. Bear in all mind, right. these guys are all like 55 to 70 years old. So they've been in the game for a while. They've survived all the previous RICO laws and indictments and all that. Is that his front? Like uh, he's an electrician or something? You know, like that's his, that's his... I don't know. That's the fun part. It's like... That's his tax return? 
I'm gonna need you to go see Shades McAllister. It's just a guy who always wears sunglasses. Yeah. No, but these guys are from the, that era where that was like actually still cool. But he's like, yeah, bumper cars, Giovanni. He uh, <laughs> he used to own a bumper car racket. Um, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna need you to go see Office Chair Rabisi. Why? <laughs> why is his name Office Chair? He did a favor for a friend. Um. So um, the next guy, Joey Electric, like, what is that? Like, was it, did he just have like a dynamic personality? Like he was just Johnny on the spot. Was, was he on crystal meth? Like, was he always just zooted on cocaine? So he's he was like, yeah, we call him Johnny Electric. Yeah. Or did he like, uh, barbecue some steaks during a lightning storm and get electrocuted or something? <laughs> yeah. He's got some good, I guarantee there's a good story behind it. Cause it's not like his name's like shades, you know what I mean? Where it's like a cut and dry. His his name is Johnny Electric. That doesn't rhyme. It doesn't roll off the tongue. It sounds like a shitty like. It sounds like the Bizarro like Static Shock. Like yeah. He, now that I'm thinking, if it involves electricity, he should be a, a Johnny Generator or Generator <laughs> Johnny. Johnny Gigawatts or something. <laughs> All right, we're <laughs> name number three. It's as far as we've gotten so far. Uh, Salvatore Sonny Mazzoni. Guilty. <laughs> yeah. That's like he that's like four mobsters names in one. Um I'm oh this guy's I'm gonna skip this guy and I'm gonna come back to him because he's the fucking he's the grand finale as far as this firework show goes. Uh the next guy is Big Vic DeLuca. <laughs> Guilty. Um the next guy, Kenny Arabia. Wow. Huh. That's, that won't do me for a loop. That doesn't sound like an Italian. First of all, Kenny. His, so his name was Kenneth, and then in quotes, Kenny Arabia. But they didn't put Arabia in quotes, which means, leads me to believe that might be his real last name. But also knowing mob guys, I would just assume his nickname's Arabia because maybe he has like thick eyebrows or something. And there's like, hey, it's Arabian Kenny. Yeah, he just is gets a lot. He's like tanner than the rest of them or something yeah or... exactly well you know why he's tanner because he's sicilian and then i just give the dennis hopper speech from true romance see the moors i can't finish i can't do any other line in that whole scene because he just says the n-word 45 times <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> um, um who's next uh daniel kazi castetti jesus christ <laughs> guilty um Carl Chianesi, which I'm th- I think that's how you pronounce it. His, oh, no, almost... Chianese. That's uh, Dominic Chianese. He plays Uncle Junior in Sopranos, which I know. Oh, I think you're right. Chianese. Yeah, that's how I know how to pronounce it. So, and I only wrote down the, na- the funny names. There's dudes I'm leaving off. I included him just because you get rid of an A and his name's Carl Chinese. <laughs> I think that's <laughs> fucking hilarious. Uh, also, also, hi. My name's Carl Chinese. I, my my name's my name is Bill Japan. Fuck! <laughs> it makes no sense. My name's but, uh, Tony Kung Pao Shrimp. <laughs> um. Uh. Oh my God. I'm. Should I save? I'm gonna save this guy for second to the last. God. These. So. These, I was losing my shit writing these down last night. Uh. So uh, the next guy is going to be John Romeo, but they call him Johnny Romeo, um, which is could be his last. You know, he's Italian. Could be his last name. Could be he fucks a lot. Could be a smooth operator. 
Yeah, he could be a little Michael Imperioli, you know, too big of a blazer, just giant shoulder pads, plowing chicks in his fucking Cadillac in the 90s when Cadillacs weren't cool. Um, oh, shit, how do you even pronounce this? The next guy is Danny Malatesta. By the way, right. a third of these guys' names are Danny. Well, <laughs> so his last name if is You're not what? keeping track. Malatesta. Also, his last name sounds like Molester. Yeah, Danny Mal- Malatesta. Um not a good look. Guilty. Um, uh, the next guy, um, Daniel Buccaroni, <laughs> which I don't know how he compares to Kenny Arabia, but Daniel Buccaroni definitely has fucking wicked eyebrows. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, definitely. I don't think he ha- he only wears long sleeves, but he, they're always rolled up. One of those guys. <laughs> um Drive, you know what he is? He's the guy who like uh, keeps trying to get out, but then like his his Chevy dealership goes under. You know what I mean? And he has to start doing a couple jobs for the family again. Yeah, or he, or he wants out, but he borrowed money from someone in the mob, so he, he that vig is too much. He like can't get a clean slate. <laughs> exactly. Um, that's exactly. Um, all right. So fuck the last guy is going to be well, third of the last guy is going to be a. Uh, John Michael Payne. P-A-Y-N-E. Right. That's very normal. Still this guy's has a, an vowel, but doesn't sound Italian. That's a, that, that, you, you made my exact point. I was like, the guy's name is John Michael Payne, but it does end in an E. Yeah. I don't, e or I, that was, that's what I was told. If his name ends in an E or an I, he's Italian or Japanese. Um, not to be infused with Bill Japan. Uh, John Michael Payne, but he's a made man. So I, what the, I think the rule is like, it used used to have to be from like Sicily, and then they got rid of that in like the fifties when they realized this is going to be impossible. So they just started letting Italians in. I well, yeah, Lucky started... Luciano was the first one. He formed the five families. Like, so it would be a, it was five families plus Buffalo and I think St. Louis. So seven people made the decisions, and he was the first guy to actually like let Jews in, let Irish in. Like, if it was good for business. Yeah, but, uh, who, who's, but yeah, uh, they who's, wouldn't get. They wouldn't get. Meyer made. Lansky. Meyer Lansky. Lansky was his yeah. Um, and that was like the plot of Goodfellas, where like De Niro was, De Niro and uh, and Ray Liotta were like half Irish. Yeah. Right. So they yeah. So they couldn't get made. Which I think De Niro is like, he's like ninety percent Irish. He just happened to get get an Italian last name, and I think well, yeah. he owes his entire career to that. And in Casino, he played a Jew. Uh-huh. It's the Sam Rothstein show. All right, so you ready for the names I saved? Uh, <laughs> in no particular order. Louis the Sheep Beretta. Wow. Hey, uh, Your That's Honor, I'd like to call... great. I'd like to call Louis the Sheep Beretta the stand. It's just like, there's no need. He's fucking what, guilty. What is he have, like know. a quirk where he like goes, bah, right before he kills someone? Or I don't, that's what I was trying to think of, like. Or did he fuck uh, a sheep a long time ago? He'll make you count sheep, because he'll put you to sleep. Um, yeah, or, that's good. I like that. Um, or what was the other one? Uh, maybe he like buries bodies out in like a, I don't know, like a pasture. Who knows? Um, and last but not least, Tony Meatballs. Yeah. 
Tony Meatballs. They didn't even have his last name on the indictment. It just said Tony Meatballs. God. Um, He's the most guilty. I mean, yeah, that's one of those, like, you want to change that name to something else badly. (laughs) So, uh, as the story goes... Uh, Joseph Malone, not to be confused with Joseph Electric, <laughs> little Joey Alex from the beginning of this uh, article, but Joseph Malone is one of the men being indicted. So basically, all 15 guys um, are split between like three lawyers. So I think it might just be like it's too much to represent 15 people. So they kind of just, you know. Yeah, they all... group them up. Yeah. I think that's part of Rico too, is uh, they. They um, try them in groups rather than individually. Uh, anyway. Um, so his lawyer is, uh, Joseph Malone has his own lawyer. And so all of the lawyers are denying comments. Lawyers' offices aren't even like, returning calls and everything. But Joseph Malone, um, you know, no, it could be Maloney, who knows. But he got... Um, his lawyer is the only one who returned a call and made a statement, and he said his client is a family man, a dedicated family man, and a local restaurateur. I looked up what his restaurant's called, and it's it's called the Backroom Cafe. <laughs> huh? It's, it's it's literally like the back room is supposed to be a secret. It's, it's yeah, the back called, room is where they all hang out. Yeah. Hey, come on down, my buddy. He's got this great joint. It's called Mafioso Pizza. <laughs> like, Jesus, buddy. Like, be a little vague. Yeah, the restaurant's called Don't Go in the Door with Reinforced Steel. Yeah. I own a little bar. It's called uh, Illegal Card Game. <laughs> like, come on, man. What's going on? It's called Opium Den in the Back. Uh, it's called uh, We Push Pills. It's a nice little paper store. You're like, what are you talking about? Stop it. And he's one of my favorite because I was looking into his story. And when the feds raided his house, he had a heart attack. <laughs> oh, wow. So, so he so must far, have been really guilty because yeah, that is person, stressful. Every single person we've talked about, with the exception of Tony Meatballs, who's definitely super guilty. Um has been guilty based solely off their name. But when I read this guy's backstory, I was like, oh, 100%. If you tell me there's this fat Italian guy who owns a restaurant called The Backroom Cafe and the feds raided his house and he had a heart attack, I'm like, this is a fucking Scorsese movie. I mean, thank God Scorsese's 107, so he won't make this into an awful movie. But, um, <laughs> I mean, it's cut and dry. You better find yourself a fucking another team of lawyers. What were these guys charged with specifically? So a, a lot of them were like, which I don't agree with. A lot of it is like racketeering and like uh, loan sharking. So basically, it's like what a lot of the like how the mafia came up loaning they, money. Yeah, before they were even in like drugs and stuff. That's how like they would run like neighborhood numbers. You know what I mean? Like uh, yeah, they would they loan money, do gambling, take bets. Yeah, know, they did bookies. like a. And they would have like secret casino card games. Exactly. Card games. They'd do like a neighborhood lottery, stuff like that. But then they got into pills and like meth and stuff. So they popped up on the uh, Malone in particular, popped up on the Fed's radar because he tried to, uh, uh, he was trying to buy a bunch of meth. Like, I forget what the amount was, multiple kilos of meth, uh, which is too much meth. 
because uh, I heard it goes a little goes a long way. <laughs> but uh, the meth dealer tried to like stiff him, so they hit him on the head with the butt of a gun and threw him in a trunk. So he got charged with trying to kidnap a meth dealer. Hell so, yeah! So so far, I'm I don't think these guys are bad guys. You know what I mean? Because if you want meth, these guys are supplying. It's not their fault that there's a like a bullshit like war on drugs that drugs aren't winning. By the way, if uh, we aren't selling it, someone else will. Well, that's another point. At the end of my thing is like uh, a couple of these guys are in huge trouble because they were in groups were not sending their soldiers. They were meeting in person to sell like large quantities of narcotics to undercover agents like multiple times, ah. like repeat customers, which is like I kind of like. And that's why it's a hats off to the police because there's some that's some cool shit because like I've met organized crime guys in my real life. You know what I mean? And they're not like. They don't stand out. You know what I mean? It's not surreal. You just kind of go like, oh, whoa, I think this guy knows somebody. But when you, when you talk about like undercover cops, buy, you're like, oh, shit, that's somebody's job. Somebody goes to work and like bought drugs from like the head of the Philly mob multiple times. Yeah, putting his life at risk, his family at risk. Like putting on a fake mustache and like traveling across a bridge to do like a meetup. Um that makes me like really appreciative because like as a fan of the wire i'm like they got those bastards you know what i mean like they had the wire on them they got the evidence this case isn't getting thrown out you know what i mean yeah or like in, De- in departed like leonardo dicaprio goes so deep he actually like murders people He's <laughs> yeah. like lo- losing his mind develops a pill and alcohol problem it it's got fucks with you mentally danny brasco loses his wife yeah it's, his it's, marriage it's goes hard. down the tubes but but also why it's a gloves off part of the gloves off is is this is still Philadelphia and South Jersey like Cherry Hill which I've only been to once but it's not a great area like it's a city that's like its population has declined like 75% you know what I mean it's not Detroit or Baltimore but like it's no longer a cultural hub that it once was you know what I mean that's where our country was founded and now it's got like a population of like a million and well, yeah, Philly. I've never garbage. been to Philly. But it's the only place I've seen like, a guy offering who, like a, a tire shop out of like his front stoop. Everyone I know who's been to Philly says it's awful. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm like, oh, they have a cool museum. It's like Hannibal Lecter was from Baltimore, and he liked the fucking orchestra. It doesn't mean that's not where the fucking wire is also placed. Um, so my concern for all this is the power vacuum. I was thinking about that. You know what I'm saying? Like. Believe it or not, like these guys live do live by somewhat of a code still. You know what I mean? Like they don't kill women or children because you know they didn't choose this life. You know they don't well, kill innocents. Well, also that's why I don't them. mind. I don't mind hitting the meth dealer with a gun and putting him in a trunk because he's in the game. You know, you only hurt people that are in the game. Exactly, but when you you arrest, you know, the entire power structure of the Philadelphia mob. Um. It's you're just throwing it into the hands of like 18 year olds now. You know what I mean? Where it's like that's why like uh, like crack devastated so many communities is because like the drug dealers were like selling like weed and heroin and like people would use that stuff recreationally. You know what I mean? Or like cocaine. But when crack hit, all of a sudden you made like 16, 17 year olds millionaires. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's there's no code of ethics. There's no you know. Cosa Nostra, you know, our code, our thing. You know what I mean? 
like some type of organization. It just makes me think of like the young kids in like the wire that are like, I would rather it be in the hands of like, you know, uh, based on your perspective, you know, these people still have morals, you know, even though it may not be ethical or whatever, they're not, you know what I mean? They're still operating on some type of a code rather than just saying like, you know what I mean? If they're not selling the meth, somebody is. And you're just going to fucking wreak havoc on your already struggling inner city. Um, so, yeah, that's about it. All right. Well, best of luck to all these, to Joey Macaroni and... Uh, <laughs> fucking Billy Two-Shoes. Um, <laughs> Lasagna Jim- Larry. <laughs> Jimmy fun. the Pot. Um, yeah. All right. Well, I got I only have hats off today because I'm feeling very positive. Oh, what a gentleman. Off, I got another so. hats off. Well, as you know, some call it the holidays coming up. Some call it Christmas. Um, I'll call it Christmas for the sake of this. But I just learned of a tradition that I'm going to start in my family. And I hope all the listeners do. It's a great Christmas tradition. We have a tradition in our family. Um, it's supposed to be at New Year's, but we never meet up. We do it at Christmas where we order. I don't know. It's like an old like Dutch tradition or something. But basically, you get a peppermint pig. It's uh, exactly what it sounds like. It's about a six-inch long pig made of pink peppermint. You put it in this. You put it in a velvet bag, and it comes with this mini hammer. And everyone whacks it once with the hammer, and you take a piece and I don't know. You make a wish or some shit, but it's a fun tradition. But this tradition I just learned about, and I'm absolutely going to do it this year. And. It's not a tradition unless you do it over and over. So the first mm-hmm. year will not be a tradition. But basically, each year, one person in the family is designated the book fairy. And the day after Christmas on Boxing Day, when everyone's kind of like sat around and opened their presents and they're, you know, kind of in a food coma, don't know what to do. Um, the book fairy buys one book for every member of the family and hands it out. Because that way, what's cool about it is like, you know, everyone has different tastes. Like, I'm not buying a book that I know they want. You know, it's not on their Christmas wish list. But yeah. the type of book my grandma's going to get me is going to be very different than what my aunt would get me or my mother would get me. Mm-hmm. So it just seems like a really cool way to read, expo- expand your horizons, read books you normally wouldn't get on your own. And it's I like the idea of an entire family sitting around in silence reading. Something about that seems very nice to me. I did that... Um... I've been doing that actually. I, I guess I'm the book fairy, but I'm it's more I'm just cheap. <laughs> I just because I there's I live right next to a great used bookstore. It's like one of my favorite places on the planet. Um, like, What's it called? You know, like the Iliad. Okay. It's like actually it's right in between my house and where we went to that mic the other night. Um, yeah, those uh, used bookstores are dying. I know one called Gatsby's in Long Beach, but it's mm-hmm. and a lot of used bookstores don't have good books. So well, if I've got I've got like thirty five people on my list, you know what I mean. And then now that I'm an adult, I tr- I'm like, hey, I'm not Daddy Warbucks over here. I'm fucking, I'll get stuff for the kids, and then like maybe my siblings and my parents. But I go into the Iliad, and I spend like forty, fifty bucks, and everybody's covered. You know what I mean? Where it's like they're used books, but it's like hey, it's it's a fucking good book. You know what I mean? Yeah, who cares if it's used or new? And it's better than I don't know. So people do that to save money, where they're like. I'm making fudge for everybody. It's like, fuck off. Give me <laughs> yeah, a no book. Fine. 
yeah, and uh, I just wrap them all the exact same, and I just fucking it's just like brown packing paper, and then I uh, it's just sharpied, and I just walk in with like twenty five books, and I'm like, this is yours, this is yours, this is yours. I think only like two people who I've gifted books to have fucking picked them up and like open them, but, but fuck yeah, you, I, I did that I like part. the idea of it being a different family member each year because of, you know, you're going to get a very different style of book. So I'm yeah, going to no, do this. I like I'm going to do idea. that this year and I cannot wait. I thought that's a nice twist on it. Cause I just do that because it's, it's easy. Cause I can get all my shopping out and like, I can get it done in like an hour and a half, two hours of just like being yeah. around a place I already like. Um, but yeah, but then people, I mean, my family, there's only a few of us that actually read. And then also, uh, I do like the idea of switching it up. Like, uh, my mom gave me like a cookbook. Yeah. And on my mom's side, everyone, if I did on my dad's side, it wouldn't work. My stepsister d- doesn't know how to read. Last book I know she read, because <laughs> she knows I read a lot. So last book she read, she wanted to brag to me. And I was like, oh, cool. You read a book? And it was the Paris Hilton autobiography or whatever the fuck so but on my mom's side there's only a few people too so it would just be like my grandma my lady my mom my sister and our friends devin and mary although they're jews so maybe i won't give them one yeah but jews love books so i hear yeah i just don't appreciate them spending christmas with us because uh you know the jew factor (laughs) this is our holiday go back (laughs) go back to banks where you belong yeah, so that's a great tradition. I think everyone should start. We also do a tradition in our family, which is fun on Thanksgiving. It's called Jack Horner, and it's like a spin on like Jack Horner puts his thumb in the pie, pulls out a plum, where basically everyone just gets like this little gift, and we put it in a bowl, and we cover the bowl in a blanket or in a, in a towel, which is supposed to look like the pie crust, and everyone closes their eyes and pulls out a package. And, you know, they're like little gag gifts, you know, like, I think I got chattering teeth last year, stuff like that. But I do this. My family does this game. It's called Georgie Porgy, where you have to go around and kiss all the girls and pull the presents out of their mouth. What? He <laughs> said Jack Horner. I was like, what's well, another nursery rhyme? <laughs> uh, Yo, we the 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 thing we do we drink a bunch of we drink a bunch of Fireball whiskey and we fuck our cousins. <laughs> As, as my mom, she's this old lady, and her house looks like a giant shoe. Um, and she does the presents or something Christmassy. Um, all right, is this my turn? Yes, sir. Georgie Porgie pudding and pie kissed the girls and made them cry. And then something, something. Um, you know what? I'm going to have to save one of these for next week because these are both going to be time sucks. What are we at? We're at like. 45 hours? Yeah. We so, probably yeah. have time for one more each. All right, let's do that then. Um, a or B? B as in booyah. All right. F- hats off to this fucking doctor, dude. Hats off to you, sir. All right, so Dr. Rosen is a... Uh, is the man in question that Dr. Rosen MD from Bend, Oregon. So a man um, was experiencing like depression and um, it was causing marital problems and vice versa. You know, they weren't mutually exclusive. They're causing each other, you know. Um, so he found this doctor 
uh, that he went to him because he's not a traditional MD. He believes in like holistic stuff too. So he's like, which I like. I, I think I agree he's, with. He eats meets West. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of dig that in like a, like you go to the doctor, and you're like, I'm not feeling well. Like he's like, all right, well, first let's make sure your diet's good. Then let's get rid of your anxiety. And then if you still have medical issues, then we'll treat that. Um, as far as like non like urgent care, emergency room stuff. Um, so he finds this doctor. He's like, oh, this guy seems really chill. So he goes to him. They end up talking for a while, um, run some tests on him. He's like, nothing like too medical. So I'm just going to uh, prescribe you um, medical marijuana and especially CBD specifically. Um, so he finds out like weeks or possibly a month down the road that this doctor is the one plowing his wife. <laughs> Hold on, what? <laughs> so this guy, this dude like goes on his like Kaiser Permanente app is and that finds why this he, doctor who's like Is that like, why really he chill. gave him a weed prescription to be like, hey, <laughs> yes. I, I'm, I need you in a real chill mood when I break this to that's, you. that's what I was thinking. It's like, okay, imagine you're like, I'm having, me and my wife just aren't getting along. So I'm going to go see this, visit this doctor. And just by chance, you pick the doctor that's been plowing your wife and he just like sees the last name and he's like, oh, fuck, you're not Sarah's husband, are you? You're not Bill, huh? How do you know Sarah? Uh, she's a patient, sucks my patient of mine, patient of mine. <laughs> she's, 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 she sucks my successful. She's successfully got her. Uh, she eats my ass. Um, Does so, it say how he found out? Um, it doesn't. Funny enough. The craziest um, way I heard I heard about someone getting caught cheating is um, a guy was on Google Maps looking at a park and he saw his girlfriend and he saw his wife kissing somebody on a park bench. So oh, he wasn't even looking for anything. He was just like checking this park out on Google and boom. So here's where the fucking shout out gets real hard. Um Rosen counseled Tone, the victim, quote unquote, um, and offered him solutions to enhance and heal his marriage, which those words enhance and heal your marriage. It's like already this guy's fucking spitting bullshit. Um, but he prescribed him herbs and breathing techniques. And then when that didn't work, he prescribed him marijuana. <laughs> uh, oh, so he went in because his marriage wasn't going well? Yeah. Whoa. It was causing like depression, which was causing medical issues. And one of the biggest reasons it wasn't going well was because his wife was banging the guy who's supposed to make him feel better. You're getting railed by your fucking, <laughs> oh. your fucking family practicing doctor. Poor guy. Um, That'd be funny, too, if he was like gave him a physical and looked at his dick and was like, oh, no wonder your wife. Oh, I mean, I mean, nothing. Sorry. <laughs> I have a big dick, bigger dick than you. Um, so he said after, it just says after the visit, Tone learned Rosen had been involved with his wife for an extended period of time. Um, he's been licensed to practice medicine in Oregon since 1991, been plowing wives since 94. Um, no prior cases of medical malpractice. So it's, the whole article is trying to paint the doctor like some bad guy, and that's where I think Hogo needs to stand in and kind of step up for this guy, because uh, he doesn't really done anything wrong. He was just getting some strange. They don't even even mention if he's married. So, well, it wasn't strange. They've been doing it for some time. 
Yeah, he's just he's just the side dick, you know? He's he is the side bitch for this lady. So she's the bad person. Well, absolutely. Sure. And also like you're talking to your husband, like so first of all, you want a good marriage, open lines of communication. Open lines of communication. Your husband might tell you that he's going to go see this doctor and you can be like, "Hey, please don't do that." Or just please anybody else. <laughs> anybody else. Because this guy's been dicking me down since 2017. And I don't think... I mean, is that a conflict of interest? Not really, because I guess fam- a doctor can treat a whole family. But, yeah, are we sure the doctor knew? Or You know what? I just thought, what if he's like one of those doctors from the 40s where, like, being horny in women was seen as, like, a, <laughs> a, like a malady? Like you're possessed you know I mean? by Satan? Well, like, vibrators were invented by doctors because they said women would get hysterical. So you would get in a doctor's appointment to go come. So the doctor would just, you know, vibrate you. you yeah, know, it was like during the time when it was, like, commonly believed that women didn't enjoy sex. You know, like, only men liked it. Yeah, I mean, I've talked to, like, dudes that aren't even that old where they're like, no, nah, I don't eat pussy. Like, that's gay. And you're like, what? Yeah, that was a big plot. In a, in a Sopranos episode like Uncle Junior it got out that he ate pussy and it was like <laughs> it, it made him look weak so he you know it was like this cannot get out and Tony yeah, they... that's such a so great you... line T- Tony's like you know when I do that to you Carmela you can't tell anyone and she goes oh once a year on my birthday I'll try to keep it down <laughs> they're like hey eating pussy's gay it's like well what about your friend that's like wearing a biker helmet in a gay bar and they're like, ah, that's, oh, fuck. We kind of kind of bo- blew our load on the gay bar. It's like when they, they, before Trump was even in office, they were already calling him Hitler. It's like, guys, got to give him some wiggle rope. You gotta, yeah, he's got, let, he him kill some Jew, let him kill some Jews first. <laughs> he's got to, that's what I'm saying. You start, you start calling him Hitler, he can kill 7 million Jews and he's going to be not that bad. Um, and then the end of the article ends on a weird tone where they're like, the victim um, is the grandson of... Uh, classic era Hollywood actor Francis Tone. All right. Just a little so, bit of information we don't really need. So not only did this guy get fucking cucked on insurance, this dude had a copay to get cucked, but also he had... <laughs> they're like, eh, and his grandpa was famous, so he's a total failure. Wow. Um, Sad. Really, really feel bad for the guy. Um... Um, so that's it. All attorneys declined to con- comment. So just make sure. Don't first of all, don't go to get a therapist. Don't go to a fucking medical doctor to treat your depression. Uh, and also, like I said, <laughs> if you think your marriage is falling apart, have a conversation with your wife. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot, a lot wrong in the situation. It just seems very sad and pathetic, and. It's going to be tough for him to move on, for sure. Out of all three parties, the doctor is least responsible. And what if, too, like, it was... Because you know when you find it... But doctors can't fuck? It's hard to find a good doctor, so when you do find a good one, it's, like, (laughs) it's very relieving. And what if the guy's like, God damn it, this is the best doctor I've ever been to in my life, but he also reminds me of the saddest part of my life. Uh, he, uh, He keeps his appointments. Like, I'm in and out. Like, tests are cheap, like, cheap copay, but he's plowing my wife. I mean, uh, you're kind of weighing the scales. The guy should try to get some revenge and, like, uh, bang the 
like the the secretary or like the lady who takes her blood pressure or something. I mean, he keeps trying to like get back at him, but this doctor's just fucking everybody in his life. <laughs> He's just like having sex with his mom and his sister. Well, there's a great video of um, a boxer, and he beats the guy up. He wins the fight, and then he's like, "Also, I'm fucking your girlfriend." And the girlfriend <laughs> comes, the girlfriend comes into the arena, onto the, into the ring, and like he puts his arm around her. So it's like not only did he lose the fight, but he just found out that his girlfriend's cheating on him with the guy who beat you up. I'm, I'm writing that down to look it up. That's yeah. he just like introduced like I kicked your ass and now for an episode of Jerry Springer. <laughs> yeah, the the video is it's so sad to watch. It's like the video of the guy proposing at half court in a basketball game and that girl just runs away. Dude, or um getting dude, oh my god, getting denied on the kiss cam. I've seen that a handful of times in my life. Cuz sometimes it's just like, ah, we don't want to be in the, like we're not fucking voyeurs, you know what I mean? Or uh, what is it? Exhibitionists. I'm not going to oh. fucking kiss on the Jumbotron. But then you see sometimes it's like, you're like, oh, like, I ain't, like, we're just friends. You just see it like on the girl's face usually. And you're like, uh, I just feel it in my like shoulder blades. Yeah, there's some good ones. Because it'll at Dodger games, it'll be like some cholo with this tongue down her throat. But a lot of times they'll do it. <laughs> yeah, those are good. A lot of times they'll do it. And the, the girl's like, that's my brother. That's my brother. But the best one I saw was they did it to a boy and a girl. And the guy turned his head the other way and started kissing his boyfriend. <laughs> That's a great, the best one I've ever seen. We were watching a, me and my dad were at like a Cardinals game, uh, Dodgers Cardinals. I had to have like been probably like a freshman or like sophomore in high school, but they go in on this couple and her head's right here and she's all embarrassed. So she ducks, she puts her head in his lap and he looks around uh... like this. And I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, that dude rules. Yeah, there's a video that's going on right now where it's a, like a high school student is on a mechanical ball with his teacher. So that's a really dumb move already. But she's in front of him. <laughs> arrest that guy. For she's sure, in, arrest that guy. No, the girl, the lady's the teacher. But she's I in the know, front. For sure, arrest that but lady. But he's, he's doing that move where he's like to all his friends, like humping her, but she can't <laughs> see. It's yeah. really funny. All right, that's well, awesome. to close this off, I got to hats off. All hats off tonight. Hats off baby. to you, sir. This is really, this is just a fucking really boss move. And I'm not, a, I'm not really a big fan of this person's stand-up comedy, but I do think his TV show, Chappelle show was one of the funniest fucking sketch comedy shows I've ever seen. So uh-huh. huge, huge fan of Chappelle's show. But basically Dave Chappelle just asked Netflix to, well, he asked his fans to not watch Chappelle's show on Netflix because the contract he signed, he gets no residuals, no money. And Netflix actually pulled Chappelle's show, which that is some powerful boss shit because I mean, the moment Chappelle show went on Netflix, it was like the number one most watched thing on Netflix. Netflix has already given Chappelle like $150 million. So if I was a Netflix guy, I would be like, hey, fuck you. You're not getting money off Chappelle show, but we gave you Chappelle show money to do three comedy specials. I was actually I'm kind of bummed when I think about it. Like I've only watched. What was it? the, the, The third special, I guess. Because he did a, he did two specials. He did one in like like oh one and oh three, 
And then he didn't do one until like 2018. But now he's done like four since. And you're like, you know what I mean? Where it's kind of like him kind of disappearing built up his lure. You know what I mean? Like a scarcity, like supply and demand thing. Well, in and then all of a sudden he's done time, like four and they're bad. In between the time of Chappelle show and now, he went from just being a popular comic to like a it's god. A legend. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're like, like the way he behaved on SNL, it was like he was fucking Frank Sinatra or something. Yeah, but, I don't um, know. I don't know but, like where that happened. Like he just because I, I, I mean, I'm a, I'm one, one of his biggest fans. I, I fucking love the guy, but I think it's like. I'm not overrated necessarily. Like I love both his specials and Chappelle show are fucking legendary, but I, I like moderately enjoyed one of his specials, his new, yeah. one Killing of the me four softly is good, but I, like I said, I don't really like his stand up that much. I like our show. Our producer just asked, what did he do in Africa for 10 years? He only went to Africa for like a few weeks. Yeah. He, he didn't go for, like for 10 years. He just went for vacation. He, I think he just laid low in his, he lives in Ohio. But, he opted um, out of his contract and he thought, no, he had a little bit of like the Martin Lawrence thing where he wasn't like naked waving a gun in the street, but he was like, they're trying to kill me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was hiding with Wesley Snipes, uh, avoiding taxes. We got to we got to talk to our producer. He uh, he's confused on what black people do. But <laughs> but I, that's just the integrity of Netflix to be like, OK, even though we already gave you. 200 million dollars and yeah but, um, uh, and it's his own fault he signed the contract but it is yeah kinda... that's what i was about to say it's like but he's i mean you sign a contract dude like seinfeld has they've made like 10 times as much money since the show's been off air yeah i don't know how it works because a lot of them it's like i was listening to uh the guy one of the producers of sopranos and he was talking about how like they had to pay a lot of money to get the music they wanted because they're Rolling Stone songs, they're Bob Dylan songs, they're yeah. you know they're whatever. And but they only paid to have it. Um, they only paid to have it on the episode. So then when they wanted to do DVDs, the choice you have is you either change the music, you know, and put in cheap music. Yeah. But then they had to. So David Chase was so adamant about keeping the music that they had to spend millions of dollars to get to use that music in the DVDs mm -hmm. and then no one knew what streaming was. So then when streaming came out, they had to then renegotiate. So these bands, like let's say the Rolling Stones, they got, they got to dip in three, four separate times. Oh yeah. Well, and then I don't know if that's necessarily like, like with Chappelle show. I don't think he, he does not There's no way he owns that. No, Viacom owns it. Yeah. It's an empty, it's a MTV. Well, it's, what's the difference? MTV, Comedy Central, VH1. Yeah. But CMT, it's the fact that he gives gets a shit. nothing from it. Because, you know, it's like yeah. even Kramer gets residuals from Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah, exactly. How did he get nothing? Um, yeah, that's fucking wild. Uh, but, you know, I, I, re I respect that for him going like, hey, I don't like the deal. Let the market speak. You know what I mean? Because also, I think Chappelle Show is still like the... Uh, I think it's like Chappelle Show season two is the highest selling DVD of all time. Oh, really? It's, it's so goddamn funny. It is so funny. But, That's uh, why I'm surprised I don't like a stand-up because I don't know. I love Chappelle's show, but no, he's. I just think he started fucking sniffing his own farts, where it's like just do what you used to do. That's why I kind of liked his new special because, like, 
he put out like a double special and it was like super serious. And then the next one, like he just did that. So he was allowed to be kind of a silly goose again, which is like, that's what people like you. Cause you're the fucking, the dude with the big hat from fucking the nutty professor. Yeah. I don't need you to tell me all this really like wise sage stuff. Like you're some sort of like, he's like a prophet now. Yeah. Like Carlin, it took Carlin like, you know, 50 years to get to that point, but you can yeah. still, you still watch his specials and he was still like talking about farts and shit. One funny story that involves Dave Chappelle's special. One of the specials he filmed was uh, was in the belly room at the comedy store. Yeah. And I used to do a show in the belly room at the comedy store. And we got bumped by Chappelle because he was recording on a Sunday night. And that's when we did our show. So the guy who ran the show I was on, he's had this show in the belly room for, I think, 35 years. Mitzi loved him. He has like an indefinite. He can do it as long as he's alive. And he's like, he's a claimed to be like a sober tweaker but he i'm pretty sure he was smoking meth at some points but he used to <laughs> he would do really dumb stuff like he would put glitter all over the room and he had this really ugly red shag carpet he would put on the stage that you had to perform on so it sucked because the comedians would always trip on it it wasn't good to stand on it was really shitty to have this carpet and the week after when we after Chappelle filmed we couldn't find the carpet. So this guy, Adam, who ran the show, who I think was on meth at the time, just starts running around the comedy store, screaming at the staff, <laughs> screaming <laughs> screaming at everyone who worked there, saying, Dave Chappelle stole my carpet. He stole my carpet. He stole my carpet. I told Adam, I'm like, Adam, why the fuck would he want your carpet that you got at TJ Maxx for $38? It makes no sense. And we ended up finding it. It was just tucked away in a corner in the green room. But yeah, no I, that was such a hilarious experience to have him. I mean, he's screaming at like a door guy, Jared Levin. It's like he's got nothing to do with this. Nothing to do with this. Well, you think, like you hear the stories of like um, Kevin Hart. Whenever he like gets to his hotel room, he sends somebody to like Walmart to buy a PlayStation. Sure. Yeah. One and thing then I, and then he leaves it in the hotel room, like when he leaves. Like shit like that, or like um, I had like Eddie is, Griffin is, and his writer was like a brand new pair of Jordans or something like that. So when you're like, you think Chappelle's just like, I'm gonna take this carpet with me? Yeah, the most baller move. I used to work at this hotel that was five star, five Michelin star, five diamond. The room, the most expensive room was three thousand a night. It was crazy hotel. Jesus. But Barbara Streisand. Where, where was it? The moon. No, it was in a this small town called Oakhurst, right outside Yosemite. It's like a hillbilly town, but it's I don't know, it's unbelievably beautiful as you can imagine. But and we provided slippers to all the guests. But Barbara Streisand fucking stayed, better. You're yeah, fucking, Barbara Christ. Streisand stayed there, and she was cold in the bathroom, so she paid to have the bathroom carpeted during her three night stay, and then paid <laughs> to have it removed after she left. That's a baller ass move. That is fucking, but also like that's the sometimes you hear like rich people shit where you're like, it's retarded. Yeah, where and she I'm was just... a total cunt. Like it. But yeah. now, okay, so now the whole first day of your vacation, there's just construction going on. Yeah. Like that's that's better for you for the fucking ambiance. You go to Yosemite, and your first move is to like, I don't know, fucking uh, cause waste. No yeah, it's gonna a, reuse this carpet. It's a fucking diva move for sure. Go fuck yourself. She, she she's actually known for the Streisand effect. 
Um, which, which is I'm not familiar with this. It's like a uh, principle of the internet. So there's like there's like initial rules of the internet, like rule like 38 or whatever is like if you can think of it, there's porn of it. Oh yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Stuff like that. But the Streisand effect is um, she had a video of like her like what it was. She was like touring her basement and doing like something crazy, and she went on like uh, like like 60 minutes or something and t- told people to like take it down. So like mm-hmm. in trying to in trying to get rid of it, it actually like made it massively popular. Stupid. By trying to scrub something, you made it you make it huge. Um, yeah, that was a that was a trip place to work though. Cause yeah, that just sounds like, like she's an awful person. But you're like, oh, don't worry, she was in private jets and yeah, fuck her. Yeah, also it's like I just don't like you. You go to Yosemite and you want to stay in a place that costs like three thousand a night. Like the whole point is like, like I feel guilty when I use like an air mattress camping. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, but Bar- I don't even know if Barbara if she went to Yosemite. I mean, it was like thirty minutes away, but. It no, was I know, an unreal but place. That's, that's, like that's, the most luxurious place I've ever seen. But that part of California, there's there's literally one reason to go there, and it's the visuals, the Dude, optics. Well, while I worked at this hotel, they had like all the beds would be like this bed was King So and So's in France in like 1825. <laughs> but so the furniture, we had the furniture appraised while I worked there. The furniture alone was worth eight point five million dollars. Fuck me. And just like a bed. Or a then dresser. The desk from National Treasure 2? Yeah, that was there. They stole the it from the Queen or something? Barbara Streisand paid to have Nick Cage live there. You know, not a lot of people know there's actually three <laughs> Statues of Liberty. The f- first one's in France, second one's in New York City, and the third one's in a hotel in Central California. Yeah, the third one's at Erna's Elderberry House. <laughs> oh, which is probably now like fucking uh, a shining hotel. One shitty, one shady move we used to do that I hated was like, we just got like our jelly from Cisco. You know, it was like Smart and Final brand jelly. It came in like a big five gallon can. But what we did is we put it in like a nice crystal dish. So then when mm-hmm. we served breakfast, people would always be like, "Oh my god, this is the best jelly I've ever had." Uh, where does it come from? And we were told to say it's prepared in our kitchen because it technically was yeah. taken from a giant can to a crystal jar. And then we would sell it to them for like 25 bucks. Oh, and it Jesus. was literally just like Smucker's was better quality than this. this Concord was, grape. Yeah. So there's a, there's a lot of scammy stuff like that because when you're in a beautiful environment, things taste better. Oh, yeah. Well, because uh... I told my grandpa that and my grandpa stayed there. He got... I think he stayed in the $500 room, but he mm-hmm. was like, are you kidding me? That was the best jelly I ever had. So that is a real thing. Like if you're in a, it's the reason like a hot dog tastes better at a game or like a sandwich tastes better on a boat, you know? Well, so your brain could just trick you. Like even like simpler than that, like, like there's a weird thing. Um, I forget what it was we did in junior high, but you like, you eat a slice of pizza while you're smelling a cheeseburger. Okay. You know what I mean? And it throws your senses off. Like, it, it fucks with your brain. Where you, you, It's kind of like a, like a texture thing. But, um, and like, then if you think thing, it's water in a cup and it's vodka, your exactly. reaction is like, whoa. Or you, like, iced tea and it's Coke. Where you're like, yeah. I love both of those things, but this, it, for some reason. We would do, uh, speaking of, like, what you tell guests, um, at Wakana, we had a black pepper beef mignon. And don't sue me. I, I mean, I don't think they can. I, I didn't sign anything. But, uh, you're supposed to just like lie to people because they're like because it's called black pepper beef mignon. But yeah, like, so oh you my think God, it's, it's filet? 
it's so tender. I want to like blah blah blah. You have to. We had this like spiel. We I forget what it was, but similar to like I was prepared in the kitchen. It was literally just you would take a bunch of like chuck roast and just dump it in like five gallon buckets and then just drown it in MSG and I think vinegar to, to tenderize it. It would just completely break it down, and then you just like toss it with like oyster sauce and onions, and people are like, "This is this is phenomenal." Yeah, which You're it like, probably was, but. No, it, it it tastes great, but we're selling it. It literally says mignon when it's like a four dollar cut of meat. Yeah, no good. No good, bud. Sorry, volcano. Sue me. Um, so that's it. Uh, shout out to Tony Meatballs. Thanks Tony for Meatballs. Yo, give me a call when you're in jail, or let me send me your Amazon wish list. I'll buy you gifts in jail. Yeah, Tony Meatballs. Follow me on Instagram at Mitchell Fill Up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh or at follow robot me too spencer. follow me too at robot spencer follow both of us the whole pod the whole gang plus the uh, producers um at uh hogo pod at beam jeremy um and any one of those accounts mitchell Phillip, robot spencer beam jeremy or especially at hogo pod you can dm us you can leave comments on stuff pub hosts um for any uh comments on the show uh corrections you might have uh uh, suggestions for future topics or to revisit past topics we get we do those every now and then but i need to be reminded and send us uh, your own half stuff gloves off because we will do them yes suggestions we love it we love getting hats off gloves off Um, and we've only had it a handful of times so get off your ass those seven guys in india and those three guys in sweden that one guy in italy and those 12 people in argentina Ooh, I just Googled Kenny Arabia. He was in, arrested uh, for being in a meth ring in 1993. I knew it. Do they have a picture of him? No. <laughs> no picture. No Kenny Arabia? Not even a mugshot? These sons of see. bitches. These fanooks. All of these guys definitely say Gabagool. Well, they won't be getting any Gabagool in prison. No. They'll be getting baloney. No, they're they're gonna be uh, they're gonna be like Goodfellas prison, where they're cutting fucking garlic with the razor blade and bringing in crates of lobster. <laughs> um, all right, so that's it, folks. Uh, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>